35% of your credit score is payment history. So that's the biggest chunks. So whatever you do, make sure you don't pay anything late. Like that's the worst thing you do to your credit score is pay something late. The next biggest chunk is credit utilization. So whatever you do, do not max out your credit cards. Don't spend your entire limit. If your limit, let's say is a thousand, you shouldn't spend more than 300. And no matter what you do, just pay off everything in full. That's the easiest way to do it. The journey to wealth is a long walk, and some may walk quicker than others, but what good is sprinting to the finish line if you pass out when you cross it? On Walk to Wealth, we enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. They say the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, and your first step starts right now. This is Walk to Wealth with your host, John Mendez. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Walk 12 podcast. If you're tuning in on YouTube or any of the podcast directories, make sure to do yourself one teeny tiny little favor and make sure to give us a follow because I don't want you to miss out on any of the amazing episodes I got coming on this year. Without further ado, let's get right into this one. So it's a recap on the series so far, man. I started off with the Bank of America card and the self credit card app builder, whatever credit builder app, use that. Did my monthly on-time payments, worked my way up to pretty much almost 700. And then from there, about six months after, I applied for my first Chase card. I got the Freedom Flex, applied for the Sapphire Preferred, got denied. Then I got a personal loan, got denied. The same month I got denied from the Sapphire Preferred, I also maxed out my credit score. So boom, three L's back to back to back. Ended up opening the Chase Student Checkers account. Then I got the Chase Freedom Flex, I mean Freedom Unlimited open. Then I took off a hard inquiry. Then from there, I ended up getting a credit limit increase on my BOA card and my Chase Freedom Flex card. And then I applied for the Sapphire Preferred. And then from there, got approved. And so that's where we pretty much are right now. So as I said, that was a whole kind of lot of information. But if you don't really understand credit cards, most of it sounds like gibberish. So I'm going to pretty much tell you guys what it is to start learning about credit cards. So... As I said, I went on YouTube University. I YouTube a lot of the stuff that I know now. It all comes from YouTube and people I've watched. I, what I do is like when I get interested on the topic, I literally go on YouTube and watch every single video on that topic until I get bored and on double speed. So I'm just torturing through new information and just like beating it into my head until it's engraved into my brain. Like that's what I normally do. And so some of the people that helped me out the most was this guy named Brian Jung. And he has this Facebook group called The Credit Society. But on his YouTube channel, he talks a lot about crypto now. So I stopped watching him. But when he was saying, doing stuff on credit cards, like I always watch his credit card videos just to stay in the loop now, which he, he doesn't post as many as he used to. But when he first started off, there's this one video of his journey of how he started building his credit card with Chase and all the cards that he has now. And so I was just watching that boom, 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 watching all his videos. And then from there, there's another guy named Ask Sebi. I was watching all his YouTube videos as well. Similar guy. And he, Pretty much talks about credit cards, points and miles, how to use it for travel, all the fancy schmancy stuff, right? And then there's this other guy named the Credit Shifu. Now, I love him because he does like credit card reviews and he'll go into all the different points. Sometimes he compare one credit card with another credit card. So these were like the main three people. I think Credit Shifu changed his name to Ben Hedges on YouTube. And so those are the three people that I pretty much watch religiously on YouTube on anything credit card related. Now, Brian Jung, as I said, he has a free Facebook group called the Credit Society. Now, they came in clutch. Every time I had questions about, the, as I said, that's how I found out about the reconsideration line. That's how I found out about a lot of the ninja tricks that I know now. 
Whenever I had a question about credit cards, I went in that community and I put in the Facebook group and I usually got, you know, two to five people to respond, sometimes a lot more, giving me some of their tips and some of their advice. Now, as I said, be careful, make sure you do your own due diligence because not everyone has your best intentions. Some people might be trolling, but from my personal experience, man, that community on Facebook helped teach me a lot about credit score and a lot about credit cards and all the different fancy features. And then I asked Sebi, he has a website called AskSebi.com, A-S-K-Sebi.com. And from there, I used to go on there and look up different credit cards and some of their features and the benefits and um, the welcome bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. And then the last website I'll give you guys, it's called Bankrate.com. Bankrate.com. So on there, I would always look up credit card reviews and get people's um, read articles on what people thought about certain credit cards. So I used to watch Brian Jung and he had a free Facebook community, Ask Sebi, and he had his website, uh, Credit Shifu. I would just watch his YouTube videos and then bakerate.com. Like, I would go on all these different things and I was just consuming everything I learned. So here's a quick little masterclass on credit scores and credit cards, whatever, so that you can start understanding in a bit. That said, make sure to do your own homework. This is just how I understood it and how I learned it. So for the most part, there are three main credit bureaus when it comes to your personal credit report. Right, there's Equifax, there's TransUnion, and there's Experian. Uh, your scores may vary across all three, but you can check your scores on all on, on your bank apps as well. So the thing with credit scores is no matter where you check, usually they're all different numbers. If you want your official credit score, from what I know, the only way to get that is if you go to myfico.com. That's where you get your official credit scores. Now, I want to let you guys to know a little bit of something. So the reason why your scores vary on different apps and different, like I said, my Bank of America credit score is different from my one on Chase, which is different than my one on Credit Karma and Experian and Equifax, which is different than the one on Amex, right? These all are different scores. Now, the reason is because some people grade or scale, you know, um, measure their credit scores differently and weigh certain things a little bit more than other people. They all have different ways. And so the main two like scores that you see is your FICO score which is like your official credit score and then your Vantage score, all right? So for your FICO score, you have to go on myfico.com to get it. This is what usually like mortgage lenders, car loans, et cetera. That's what they look at. And usually your official credit score is a lot lower. Now, also the reason for that is because within the my your FICO score, there's different FICO scoring models, right? So depending on which FICO scoring model they use, your credit score could very drastically, even if they're all using FICO. Depending on which FICO model they use, it could be super different. Now, the next one is your Vantage score. Now, I'm not too sure as to like the origin behind Vantage score or why it's what it is. I just know that your Vantage score isn't your official score and it's usually a little bit higher than what your actual score is. So always keep that in mind. So if you think your credit score says 750, it may be a little bit lower, who knows? But I always, as I said, this is how I see it. I always say that, let's say my score is 750. I know it's a little bit less than that, right? If I were to apply for like a mortgage or a car or whatever. That's just how I see it. Now, here's one of the ninja tricks that I learned along the way. If you're not looking to open a line of credit, one of the best ways that you can protect yourself, protect your credit score, protect your social security and your private information is that you freeze your report on all your credit bureaus. When you freeze your credit report, no one can get access to it. So if someone were to try to hack your account 
and try to open up lines of credit in your personal name. If your accounts are frozen, people can't get hard inquiries to them, meaning they won't be able to get access or open new lines of credit, generally speaking. Right. So what I would do is if you go on Equifax, you can freeze your credit score on there and you want to freeze it on all three credit um, credit bureaus when you're not actively looking for new lines of credit. So you go on Equifax. Now, the reason why I dislike Equifax is I'm always trying to sell you on something like Experian Booster. Not Equifax, sorry. I Experian. I said Equifax. You can freeze it on Equifax as well. It's free on all three bureaus. So whatever information I say about one, you do it pretty much on the other when it comes to credit freezing. You can freeze it for free on credit um, Equifax. You can freeze it for free on TransUnion. But Experian... Whenever I'm on Experian, they're always trying to sell me on something. There's always some like type of Experian boost or some new feature or thing that they have, or like they're trying to make me pay for my credit reports. They're always trying to make you pay for something. I skip everything on Experian. The only thing I want to do is check my score. That's it. I can care less about everything else. And when you try to look for your credit report and to freeze it, they're going to have like a credit lock or something like that on Experian. That is not the same thing. And if it doesn't say credit freeze, it is not what I'm talking about. It's totally different. Freezing your credit score is free on all three credit bureaus, right? And then another ninja trick I learned is that there's this website called Innovis or Innovis or whatever it's called. And this is something that people like life insurance agents and other people use to get access to your reports and your personal information. Now, when life insurance people and all that stuff, when they access it or any type of insurance in general, it's not to hack your information, at least the people are dwell credibly. Um, it's just to kind of get your credit score, but in a different way, right? It's just similar, right? But if you go to Novus, you can also freeze access to your reports so that pretty much anyone who's not you can pretty much look into them. So when you want to open up a new credit line, it's a little bit more, a bit of an inconvenience because you have to then go and unfreeze your accounts and stuff like that. But you can temporarily unfreeze them for like 24 hours, something like that. That way you can apply to your credit card or mortgage or whatever, and then close it back up. So that's what I personally do myself. That way I feel protected. Now here's how credit scores are made up, right? So 35% of your credit score is payment history. So that's the biggest chunks. So whatever you do, make sure you don't pay anything late. Like that's the worst thing you do to your credit score is pay something late. The next word, biggest chunk is credit utilization. That's about 30% of your credit score. So whatever you do, do not max out your credit cards. Don't spend your entire limit. If your limit, let's say, is a thousand, you shouldn't spend more than 300, right? And if you do, pay it off. And no matter what you do, pay it off in full at the end of every single month, right? Or the end of every single statement, right? So they have what is called your payment due date. Let's say that's on the seventh of the month, right? Usually your closing date is three days after that. So your closing date will be January, uh, let's say the 10th of the month. Pay it in full at the payment date. But worst case scenario, if you pay like the minimum on the payment due date and then do it in full like the day after, usually by the end of the closing statement, it'll still be, it'll go through and you'll be at zero, right? So the reason why you want to have it paid off in full it's because then it reports to the credit bureaus that you paid off, your credit utilization is low, right? All that stuff about carrying a balance, don't carry a balance. Treat your credit card like it was a debit card. That's it, no ifs, ands, or buts. People say, like, if you just pay off your balance whenever you keep a low balance, yada, 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 
listen, you could do that, but then you start getting all these different credit cards. You're going to balance on each. It adds up really quickly and it's too much to track. Just pay off everything in full. That's the easiest way to do it. The next chunk that makes up your credit score is the length of credit history. So one of the main reasons why people say don't close a credit card is because all that history that you have on time monthly payment, assuming you had it for a while, it goes out the window, right? And so if you're, let's say you have a card for two years and let's say it was old Navy. And now I, I always stray away from store credit cards. Like I would never get a store credit card. Let's say I had an old Navy card for two years and then fast forward now in the present, I'm been a, a new Chase card and I was like, ooh, the Chase card is good. I don't need my old Navy card anymore. I'll close that. And that whole two months of history now has gone out. The, I mean, two years of history has gone out the window. So now pretty much you have no credit history almost essentially. And so never close a card unless it has a high payment, you know, um, annual fee. And even if it does have a high annual fee, find a no annual fee alternative. So like for the Chase Sapphire Preferred, $95 annual fee, there's like a Chase Sapphire, like regular card. And you can't even find it on the website. You got to know about it to know about it. But there's different cards like that that have no annual fee options so that you don't have to continue. You don't have to close out that line. You just, you know, transfer it to a no annual fee credit card, right? The last two things which make up the least of your credit score, they're both 10% each. Is the credit mix. So this is like amount of credit cards, um, loans, mortgages, all that stuff, like your mix of credit. And then the last one is recent credit history, which I don't really know what means, honestly. Um, as I said, this is the best of my understanding. Like I'm not the expert on credit cards, right? I just have learned how to use them enough to be dangerous and rack up a whole lot of points, right? So here's a quick tip for each of them. For your payment history, right, which is the largest chunk what makes up your credit score, you want to make sure to set up auto pay on all your credit cards. That way, even if you forget, the auto pay never forgets. Make sure you pay on time every single month. The next tip is for your credit history. Never close a card. As I said, even if you have an annual fee, make sure you try to downgrade before you close a card. Then for recent credit history, if you're going to go do something like what I did and go crazy and apply for a bunch of credit cards, wait at least 60 to 90 days before applying for another card. Now, some people will tell you, you can, you know, you don't even have to wait 30 days. Some people will tell you, you can apply for two cards in the same day. All right. Some people will tell you only wait 30 days. From my personal experience, what I always did was I waited 60 to 90 days and that's worked out for me. And my credit score is where it is now. Also, another tip for credit utilization. If possible, actual credit limit increase every six months. So not all card, you can't do this on all cards, but some cards you can do it and it comes with a hard inquiry. So only do it on the cards that doesn't have a hard inquiry, right? For example, like my Bank of America card, every six months, actual credit limit increase every time. I'll get into this a little bit later, but that same credit card now, today that I'm recording this, had an $8,000 limit. So start off with 500 and now it has an $8,000 credit limit. And then the last little quick tip is, if possible, and ask to be an authorized user on a credit card. I made my sister an authorized user on my Chase Freedom Flex, which is my second oldest credit card. I think I did that like a year or two ago, probably like two years ago. It's been a while. So I'm not sure what her credit score is going to be when she starts building her credit, but racking up her credit score is going to be virtually easy for her because my credit score is so good. I already have a great relationship with Chase and I had that card for a while. The only thing is that card doesn't really have a high credit limit, 
But either way, she's been on it for close to two years now. So that's all for this episode. Right? Make sure to tune into the next one because I'm going to be talking about how I got into business credit cards. Now, personal credit cards, they have their own perks and benefits. But business credit cards, especially if you're an entrepreneur, and these will change the game for you. They changed the game for me. So don't want to miss it. Next episode, we talk about the Chase Inc. cards. See you then. You've now finished taking the first step. Now let us help you take the next one. Subscribe to our newsletter at walktowealth.com. That's walk2wealth.com so we can keep you moving on your journey. We'll see you on the next episode of Walk to Wealth with John Mendez.